Hey, well, welcome to you all, whether you are here in person uh, at Christchurch or uh, listening or watching online uh, via the website or from Microsoft Teams. A very warm welcome to you. Uh, my name is Peter. Um, if you don't know who I am, I'm the vicar here at Christchurch, and <clears throat> I'll be leading our service this morning, and Rachel, our curate, will be preaching on a very well-known passage of scripture uh, from the Gospels, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Uh, remember, as it's the first Sunday of the month, please do watch the all-age service on our church Facebook page, and that will go live at 10.30 this morning. Uh, big thanks again to Rachel and Jeanette and all those who have been involved in producing that video, uh, that all-age video. Just a few practical things about our service, particularly obviously for those of you who are here uh, in the building. Please remember to use your face covering at all times uh, and uh, just take it off when you are waiting to receive the bread at communion. Uh, toilets are available. Uh, please use, use the ones off the hall and not the ones adjacent to the kitchen. <coughs> You'll see here at the front there's uh, uh, chairs spaced out at two metre intervals. Uh, so when you are invited to come up, uh, please would you uh, stand behind one of the chairs to receive the bread. Uh, I'd imagine you've done this already, but as you came in, uh, there's track and trace form uh, to fill in. So please do that. Uh, and pens are provided. And when the service is, is over, uh, please, will the people on my right leave first, and then the people on my left. Okay, so uh, that's when the service has finished. Well, today is a special day in the life of our church as we are able to meet together in person on a Sunday morning for the first time in months. But of course, there are very mixed emotions going on. Many of you can't be here in person or have chosen not to be for obvious reasons. And for those of us who, who are here in church, uh, we have face coverings on, uh, we are socially distanced from each other, and we're not allowed to sing. And this is certainly the first time I've ever worn one of these in a church before. But it's important to say these things and it's important to say them openly and honestly in the presence of each other, and more importantly in the presence of our almighty God, who we have come to worship here today. Let me remind you of some words the Queen spoke when she uh, uh, gave that message to the nation in April. She said this, At this time, we join with all nations across the globe in a common endeavour, using the great advances of science and our instinctive compassion to heal. We will succeed, and that success will belong to every one of us. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. Today is a landmark day as our church here and many others up and down our land is once again able to open our doors to, for us to meet again in person to worship our living Lord Jesus. 
So let's keep a moment of quiet to pray and reflect before our Lord and share with him how we feel today. He knows us, he loves us, and he wants to know how we feel. So let's keep a moment of quiet. We're now going to join in some words that come from Psalm 130. The Psalms are a great storehouse of songs of lament. Lament at its simplest is crying out to God, why? Why God? So if you feel down and out, turn to the Psalms and they will help you express how you feel to God. So these are words of response, so please say, the words in bold. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. And now we turn to song. I love singing the praise of the Lord. And so it grieves me to say that we can't sing in church. It really does. So those of you at home need to sing even louder. And so we're going to have that wonderful hymn of praise now. Great is thy faithfulness.
do sit down, people here. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is with us. And in his presence we know our weakness. We know that we need his presence in our lives. And so we're going to come before him in confession and turn to him to say sorry. And so again, these are uh, words of response. So please do join in with the words in bold. God, our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins, for turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives. Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. For behaving just as we wish, without thinking of you. Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. For failing you by what we do and think and say. Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world around us. Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son, Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. May the Father of all mercies cleanse you from your sins and restore you in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so knowing God's grace and mercy and forgiveness in our lives, and with the sure knowledge that we can start again with him, we're going to have the song, Before the Throne of God Above, which reminds us again of the blessings we have in Jesus. So let's have this song.
sit down, uh, those of you here. We're now going to have a Bible reading, and uh, Libby Wayne is going to be reading our uh, passage to us now. Right. Matthew chapter 14, 13 to 21. Jesus feeds the 5,000. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by a boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed all those who were ill. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he told the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Now I'm going to welcome Rachel to preach, so I'll pray for her as she comes up. 
Father, would you <coughs> place your hand upon Rachel uh, and would you strengthen her and encourage her as she speaks to us from your word today. And may our ears, our eyes, our souls be open to receive what you have to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. There is hopefully a clip for you. If I smile nicely at Aiden, it might happen. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot hors d'oeuvre. Why, we only live to serve. Try the grey stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance. After all, miss, this is France. And a dinner here is never second best. this to you. Then I remembered that A, we're not allowed to sing in church, and B, I can't sing anyway. So you got the Disney version instead. But when reading today's passage, this song jumped into my head. Well, that and food, glorious food. Honestly, life in my head is one big musical, much to the dismay of my husband Sam. But this passage is more than just about food, and it's more than just another miracle story. Though it is a very important miracle, so important that it's the only one, bar the resurrection, to appear in all four Gospels. The sheer numbers alone would make it a miracle that everyone was talking about. But we don't belong to a religion that is all about flashy miracles. We don't go around saying our God's miracles are better than your God's miracles. No, 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 no. We say that we have a God who became human for us. We have a God who loves us so much, he sent his son for us. And here in this passage, we see both Jesus's divinity in the miracle itself, but also his humanity in both the way he had tried to go to a solitary place for some peace and the way he had compassion on the crowd. Let's start at the beginning of the passage. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat to a solitary place. The what had happened here was the beheading of John the Baptist. A family member had died, and Jesus wanted, probably needed, time by himself to process. But that wasn't what the crowds wanted, and so the crowds followed him. And then, despite the fact that Jesus wanted time out by himself, he saw the crowd, had compassion on them, and still healed their sick. And he didn't do it in a hurried way. Here we have a grieving Jesus who still has compassion for others, and not only compassion, but a compassion that leads to action. 
I'm sure we've all done the thing before, where we want to be by ourselves, but someone is talking to us. So we give half-hearted replies until we can scuttle away as fast as possible. But not Jesus. He was there supporting the crowd until it was getting late. He was upset and needed time to himself, but he saw that the crowd needed him. So let's not forget that Jesus is never too busy to hear us when we need his help. Jesus had compassion for the crowds then, and he has it for us now. Next in our passage, the disciples seem to be doing the right thing. They are worried about the crowd being hungry. They know they are in a remote place, so they urge Jesus to send the crowds away so that they can get some food. No one wants a hangry throng on their hands. But Jesus basically tells them that the crowds are their guests. It's time to put the disciples' service to the test and see what they come up with. You can see why the song Be Our Guest was in my head now. What's the biggest crowd you have ever had to feed? I doubt that any of you have hit the 5,000 mark. But I know that it's felt like 5,000 at times for me when I've been cooking on an ex-army gas stove trying to whip up a culinary storm for 50-plus cubs, scouts, and leaders. I can't imagine having to multiply that by 100. My cooker just wouldn't be big enough. Or have you ever had that experience where you started cooking dinner for the family only to have some unexpected guests turn up at the last minute? And so you start dishing up slightly smaller portions than you intended to just to make sure it goes around everyone. And so remembering those feelings, I can't imagine the panic and the bewilderment the disciples were feeling when they pointed out the seemingly obvious to Jesus. We have only five loaves and two fish. Perhaps we have heard this parable so many times that what happens next fails to astound us as it should. First, Jesus asks the crowd to sit down. Then he blesses the offering, small though it first appeared. And then the disciples serve the people. They are all invited to be guests at an amazing event. They are all fed and satisfied. Over 5,000 of them when you factor in the women and children. And then the disciples tidied up afterwards, picking up 12 basketfuls. And I am sure many of us know that tidy up feeling after a party, where there are far more crumbs than you think are possible from the amount of food given out. How is there so much mess, I can hear the disciples cry, when we only had five loaves? Now, there are two points I want to draw out of this part of the text. The first is that the disciples offered what they had, and Jesus honored that offering by blessing it and multiplying it. Through this miracle, we learn, or perhaps I should say we relearn, that God can shatter expectations. We just have to offer something, anything, 
even five loaves for a crowd of 5,000 was enough for God to use. None of our talents, none of our gifts are too small for God to use for his glory. The second point is that Jesus uses his disciples to serve the people. Jesus could miraculously have made sandwiches or fig cakes or anything he wanted appear in the hands of each person in the crowd. But instead, he chose to use the food already there, and then he used the disciples to distribute the meal. By feeding the crowd through his disciples, we see how we too can be the arms and the hands of God. God involves us humans in his work. And if you combine these two points together, we learn that we need to trust God. Because when we do, the unexpected happens. When we trust, miracles can happen. We need to trust that anything we offer can be used. And we need to trust that we are the hands of God on earth. We are a huge part of God's plan in blessing others. And there are lots of ways we can do that. And lots of ways that I know you, the church, are doing that. Through calls, through flowers, through notes and distanced coffees. At the moment, we are hosting a food share table in front of church. Where we have far, far more than five loaves of bread. Though Baston Hill does have a population similar in number to the crowd of 5,000 in that remote place. The food we are sharing was going to be thrown out by the supermarkets. The Food Hub collects it and brings it to church so we can give it to others and stop it going to waste. In one way, this is a simple act, a small act. It requires our space and a few volunteers. But we ask Jesus to bless it. And as we see through the miracle in today's passage, through the blessing of Jesus and the power of God, much more can be done than we can even imagine. We are helping feed people in Baston Hill. We are sharing bread with others. We are being God's hands on earth. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Can you hear those words of Jesus being whispered to you today? We are all God's workers. Let's invite others to be our guest. It might look different to how it did in the past, but that's okay. Whatever you have to offer, give it to God. May your compassion for others, like Jesus, lead to action. If I had a takeout or party bag to give you, to thank you for being our guests, both in church today and online, the takeaway would consist of a starter, a main course, and dessert. The starter is not the hot hors d'oeuvres, as in the Disney song, but that you might start by knowing that Jesus has compassion for each of us. He cares. 
He is never too busy. If we tell, if we tell him our needs, he will provide. Jesus' feeding of the 5,000 is a gentle reminder to our daily Christian lives that nothing we face here on earth is too big for God. Jesus is big enough for any of our expectations, and he uses other people to bless others. And ultimately, it shows Jesus' compassion for his people. He saw a hungry crowd, and he used the disciples to feed them. Through this miracle, we are reassured of Jesus' love for us. The main course is that for us all to know that we are God's hands, no matter how little we feel we can give. Small acts blessed by Jesus can go a long way. God is bigger than we can imagine, and he can provide more than we can imagine. All we have to do is show up and offer ourselves in faith. Which leads us on to the dessert in my takeout bag. Trust. We need to trust that God is listening and that God is using us. Yes, God is in charge, but we are his hands on earth. We can't just do nothing. Our little somethings will be enough. So we know that Jesus had compassion. That compassion leads to action. But we are the ones to carry out God's actions on earth. Let us trust that what we offer is enough for God to bless and to multiply. Amen. Thank you, Rachel, very much uh, for that encouragement to, <coughs> to trust in God and to be his hands and his feet in this world. We're going to turn to prayer now, and we're going to pray uh, following what Rachel, Rachel said about trusting in God and living his way in this world, bringing blessing to others as God works through us. And there's a response in these prayers. And when I say, may the peace of God always, would you, in a sense, carry on that sentence, guard our hearts and minds. So may, may the peace of God always guard our hearts and minds. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for all who continue to protect us from the coronavirus. We pray for scientists who are working towards an, an inoculation. We pray for the NHS and care homes, continuing to care for those who become unwell, and for nations still facing the worst of this crisis. We pray for a fair sharing of resources as treatment becomes available. May the peace of God always guard our hearts and minds.
Father, we bring before you our Queen and the Royal Family and all in government, in our country and in the nations throughout the world as they make difficult decisions about our future direction. We pray for all economists and all in industry and business who are seeking to repair the damage done to our economies. We pray for a future where inequality is reduced and where justice and fairness is given priority. May the peace of God always guard our hearts and minds. O Lord, we pray for our communities as we seek to recover from lockdown and restrictions. We pray for small businesses and local jobs, for our local services and authorities. We pray that the networks of care that we have established may continue to deepen. May the peace of God always guard our hearts and minds. We pray for children and their teachers on a well-earned summer break. People maybe on holiday or people returning to work. And for all of us as we move forward, that we may hold on to some of the new priorities and possibilities we have discovered through this time. May the peace of God always guard our hearts and minds. We pray for all who are struggling with this virus and for all who have had other treatment delayed. We lift you, Lord, those who are struggling with mental illness, loneliness or distress through the weeks of isolation. We pray for the families and friends of all who have died, who have been unable to mark their deaths properly. May the peace of God always guard our hearts and minds. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus, our Saviour and our friend. Amen. And so we come to the table of the Lord to celebrate communion. When we come to the distribution, please follow the direction of the size people as you come forward. Uh, following the guidelines of the Church of England at this time, uh, only bread will be served to the congregation. If you'd like to receive, if you'd like to receive a blessing, uh, please put your hands by your side and I'll know what to do. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels praising you 
and saying together, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit, that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup of wine, and again he gave you thanks. Again he praised you, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross, bringing before you the bread of life and the cup of salvation. We proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread.
And so we are going to pray the prayer following communion together. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. And so we come to our final song. This song has become well known throughout this time of lockdown and restrictions and all these other things we're going through. And it's a, a song, again, that reminds us of, as Rachel's been saying, the blessing of God that he's poured out upon this world and his son. And it's this blessing he wants us to know. He is for us, that he is with us. So let's have this. It's the UK blessing song. Uh, so let's have that now.
We pray a blessing. Mana rain down from heaven. This isn't second guessing. We know that we are protected. May the peace that surpasses all understanding be our message. Grace and favors in your nature, in your essence. Savior be upon you and a thousand generations. And your family and your children and the children and the children. Please favor be upon you and a thousand generations. And your family and your children and the children and the children. for us. He is with us. He's, he is a God of blessing. He's a great God of blessing. So let me say this blessing over us all, over you all, as we go into this week and all that God has for us in this week. God of compassion, we bring to you our grieving. 
Bless us with your healing love. God of wisdom, we bring to you our learning. Bless us with the energy of change. God of new beginnings, we bring to you our future. Bless us with your vision of sustainable life. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you now and always. Amen. So go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.